All right. Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by Betsperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. This is going to be a wild, interesting, different take on our normal content. Um, we did a Bitcoin, betting on Bitcoin and NFTs focused podcast for the Evergreen series on Monday. We threw out options for folks. Hey, you know what? What I don't have, I'm, I was unavailable Wednesday to do a, our normally scheduled stuff. So we figured, hey, we still want to give the people the two, pod, two free podcasts that they subscribe for. Yeah, uh, you're paying for two free podcasts. You should get two yeah. free podcasts. <laughs> you should get I'm, two free. Obviously, I mean, if you listen to the Monday episode, it's painfully apparent. Drew has been diving headfirst into this a lot harder than I have. He knows a lot more, so. I'm going to play the part of moderator today, which is okay. not just not just throwing the questions up and getting them. You know, we're going to release this as a podcast as well. So we'll read the questions out loud for the people who can't see it on the screen, but also trying to keep Drew's answers to a some 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 level of, you know, under 10 minutes. You know how he gets. Yeah, so, yeah for sure. Um, we won't. I can't tell you where I get my edibles. <laughs> um, if you are watching on YouTube, please give it a thumbs up. People are legal good about thumbs up. establishment. Getting some, thumb, getting some thumbs up here. So, um, I mean, let's just, should we just dive the F in? Hell yes. Let's First start with one our most, from Money most, Mike. Most, this is the most popular question by far. Money Mike is yeah. a guy who definitely has been on here before. Uh, from the YouTube channel. BlockFi, what do you guys think? Drew? Um, so BlockFi is an interesting project and it is a pretty clear, uh, long-term winner in this space because anything that kind of marries legacy markets and ideas with crypto, uh, tends to be worth a lot of money. The Coinbase figured that out first. They're worth a hundred billion dollars. <laughs> BlockFi has figured out, Hey, we can match, uh, some people who want Bitcoin exposure and loans and financial stuff we can we can be the uh we can be that that intermediary right explain explain about blockfi quick for people who don't they, know what it is. they are providing liquidity for loans in the cryptocurrency space um on both sides of the market okay. um um i guess here's a good example i saw you uh, take two steps back in your head there yeah no so like what does that mean okay um there is a hedge fund out there that notices that March or February contracts for futures contracts for Bitcoin are trading at 50K. But you can buy it spot for 47. And there's a $3,000 gap between the two. And they say, hmm, we're going to just go take that that $3,000 in our put it in our pocket because we're going to go sell those futures contracts and then we're going to go buy spot. But you know, they want to do it at scale. They need a partner who can help facilitate some of this, right? Like so so market makers on exchanges to who are, you know, trying to capture premiums in various ways. They need they need help. They need legacy, you know, some legacy solutions for that. You can't do it entirely in a decentralized way. BlockFi kind of su supports a lot of that, uh, you know, market making efforts. And they do so in large part because they try to collect your Bitcoin and give you a return on investment that is 
much more than you're going to get if you have just US, US dollars sitting in a savings account. Like, you know, what are you going to get? Half a percent on that or something that's, like that? No, that's like 10 times high. <laughs> Maybe a okay, what, whatever. Get half percent now. What, what, yeah, whatever. It's very li limited. So. You get nothing for leaving your money in a savings account. If you have Bitcoin and they're sitting in cold storage somewhere and you're like, God damn, I wish I was, you know, like, I wish I was getting paid to save this to hold basically. Well, BlockFi basically is trying to do that. They are trying to get you to hand over custody of their coins, and then they're going to give you 8% or something or 10%, some kind of annualized return that's massive uh, for the fact that you're handing over those coins. Now, the downside is you no longer have custody, which means you're trusting them to, you know, to, uh, to you're, tr <laughs> you're trusting the, uh, um, you're trusting them to balance their books well, balance their risk well, not go illiquid, not give out bad loans, because they're going to take your Bitcoin that you're giving them, and they're going to wrap it up in a financial product, and they're going to loan it to someone else, right? And they're well, making these loans. Wrapped, wrapped Bitcoin. Well, whatever the case is, they're they're yeah. taking they're taking the Bitcoin that you're loan you know that you're giving them custody of it, and they're using it as a financial instrument and giving it loans to someone else, and they're making a premium on that, and they're giving you a big slice of that premium in terms of the eight eight or ten percent whatever, um, you know, return on investment you have. Now you have to lock lock up that Bitcoin for a certain period of time, six months, eight months, twelve months, whatever. I don't know exactly know what the details are, um, but in that time you don't have custody of that coin, which means you can't do anything else with it. Right. Like, let's say yes. you let's say you're like, I'm sensing the market is getting a little dicey. There's some macro stuff swirling that's not looking yeah. great. I want to, you know, I want to I want to short the Bitcoin and lock up, you know, the U.S. dollars that I have, you know, accrued equivalent while the market fluctuates and sorts out it. some of the nastiness. You can't do it because you've already turned over those those Bitcoin to someone yep. else. And so you're 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 kind of stuck. Um, but at the same time, if you were just going to hodl anyway and leave, you know, leave five Bitcoin in a, you know, in a cold storage, you know, on, on, you know, some, some ledger treasure or something, um, you would, uh, you know, you would do better to get paid for that, I suppose. But, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, your flexibility is limited. Yeah. The Blackfire accounts. No, no, it, like that was a good. Someone, someone about. just mentioned in the chat, not available in every state. A lot of this stuff isn't, you know, anyone who's dug into using FTX or Binance even have found that, you know, the the U.S. versions of that stuff isn't as good as some of the original versions. I mean, even being in the U.S. is a little dicey with some of the some of the just trading platforms you can use. Um, the question here from Bill Rad Celsius versus BlockFi. I haven't I don't heard of know Celsius. much. About yeah, Celsius, so, but I mean, is it I, is yeah. it another DeFi? Or what, what so no, that so say? that's this shit. DeFi, DeFi is decentralized finance, which means there is yeah. no middleman, there is no custody issues. You, but you know, but you, there's still some risk and stuff like that. BlockFi legitimately is not decentralized, right? Like yes. that's that they they are an entity, and you're counting. Yeah, on they, them. they they are. You're the counting middle. on them balancing risk and doing all the risk calculations and not fucking up. Um, I I do want to mention though, Dan, the Dan Kaplan brought it up. BlockFi accounts not available in all states. That's another enormous problem for a lot of things. Like there are difficulties on ramping in lots of places right now. Lots of you know states are behind. You know, lots of states are actively trying to make it hard. You know, to participate in yes. this stuff. And I don't know that that lasts forever. At some point, the no, guardrails it, it, will start. It's just out. like anything else. Like widespread adoption is right around the corner. We're not uh, terribly worried about too many people dragging their feet for like a decade here. Um, yeah. From Redaholics, Redaholics, old old school Twitter follow. I know this guy. Last pod, 
Drew talked about on-ramps. On-ramps are in quotes. What on-ramps yeah. do you recommend for someone looking to FOMO buy? And then he says, JK on the FOMO buy. And then he says, kind of. Kind of, yeah. Uh, I, it's been a really long time since I was actively trying to convert USD to crypto with an exchange. So I'm not a se- especially excellent person to answer these questions. Um, all, all of my experience accumulating Bitcoin in the first place, exchanging fiat for Bitcoin was done at Coinbase. It was a fine experience. I didn't have any noteworthy issues, although they aren't the most, they're not the most excellent player in the space. There's lots of, you know, there are lots of questionable things that go on uh and they're, you know they're they're you know I, I don't know that they're necessarily perfect or good or or you know long term uh you know p- net positives for bitcoin but but they at least have enough institutional cloud at this point that if someone walks in and says hey I want to buy a billion dollars worth of bitcoin they can facilitate that so they're a major player uh their fees are structured in a way that doesn't help the little guys which means no. shop around um, the other on-ramps that I've used, uh, Kraken is a very fair one. Um, although getting, you know, kind of the process of getting started there is especially tough. Um, and it's especially uh, tough when there's like a frenzy, right? Like when it, like yeah. when, when everyone wants in, when there's a frenzy, you know, it becomes extremely slow to get a new account up and, and that can be something. Yes. Yeah, so that was something we found out with a Canadian friend of ours. Yeah, where he he's really struggled. He had to go do it at his post office, and we were really weirded out by that. But then all the other Canadians were like, "No, that's like a thing. You go down. That's and, a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a thing in Canada. You can you can put money into things like this at the post office. The post office yeah. is just a deal there. So, yeah, I mean, uh, do do shop around, and obviously it depends on your jurisdiction for on ramping because some places don't allow certain things. But sure, yeah, look at look at and fee structures. I mean, that's going to be an individualized question too. If you're going to buy a thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin, that's way different than you know taking several hundred thousand or millions, you know, obviously, like we said, the fee structure is really against uh, the little guy in some of these places. Now. Um, I don't even know if this is a real question. What do well, you think? Let me, of let me, uh, moving off, but before moving off, just it's worth mentioning a couple other players, you know, the okay. there's Gemini, Gemini is an on-ramp that is worth exploring. Um, it's obviously there, you know, if you've ever seen the social network, the, the twin uh, goons that were part of the, you know, on the crew the, team, that, the you know, that were the the Winklevi, not those yeah. twins. The Winklevi, okay. <laughs> from the Social Network. Uh, they obviously are behind, uh, you know, behind Gemini, and you can have a personal opinion on them. That you know, whatever that you want that to be, that's that's fine. But Gemini, at least, you know, it seems like a a, a pretty, um, you know, pretty true blue good product that people have had. You know, people have had good experience with. Similarly, Cash App, I know, is a very popular way people are on ramping right now. Robinhood is a way people are on ramping right fees now. Are pretty rough but again if you're going and if you're going if you're gonna yeah you can't sit and goof around and trade on there because you'll just get eaten up but like if you just want to buy a bunch and let it sit it's a one-time fee i guess you know it's not going to be the end of the world um is goose finance drew what do you think of goose finance so I don't know anything about goose finance other than it is part of the DeFi infrastructure on finance smart chains Right now, there is a, you know, DeFi really got off the ground in earnest last summer. And there were a lot of players and most everybody was using the Ethereum ecosystem. 
and the winners, or at least the leaders, the blue chip leaders in the DeFi space were on the Ethereum ecosystem. And Ethereum in the last uh, about month, because just lots of weird random stuff, a lot of people using Ethereum for a lot of things. NFT craze is obviously fueling some of this too. It has made gas very expensive. So making transactions in Ethereum has become extremely expensive. It's just in terms of, you know, the cost of doing business. Because of that, there has been a gold, you know, like a, like a, a land rush to try to be the, you know, to take take Ethereum market share in terms of making some of these smart contract products. Um, Solana is, is the, um, you know, is the um, Alameda, Alameda Capital answer to that problem. Uh, and that ecosystem operates in a similar way to Ethereum, but in a dedicated space. And then similarly, Binance Smart Chains, uh, which is obviously part of the Binance Exchange uh, ecosystem is similarly doing the same. And as far as I know, Goose works on Binance Smart Chains, and I don't know how well it works, but go ahead, Andy. I'm going to throw a question in. Can you speak sure. just because this is something like behind closed, not behind closed doors, but in some of the chats where we talk about this, like the, the Alameda thing comes up a lot. Can you explain who they are and why they are a player and you know sure. what, what sort of player they are in the market right now? Yeah. Um, Alameda Research Group is a bunch, is a, is a group of um, lifers in the crypto development space. Some of the smarter programmers, um, some of the most uh, outstanding talent, uh, in the, in the crypto space, uh, all kind of up in, up in the, uh, the San Francisco Bay area. Um, the guy that kind of gets the shine the most who cause he's the most active on social media is Sam, Sam Brinkman finds Sam S S B F Alameda is his Twitter handle. He's, he's kind of, He's a bit of an oracle. <laughs> he's a bit of a, you know, like he's got his, you know, he's he's come into a number of projects that were floundering or failing. Sushi Swap is a good example, uh, and kind of taken some ownership, you know, taken some, uh, not ownership necessarily, but you know, just taken some initiative to try to better organize products, help save them, uh, you know, turn things that were scams into actually useful tools and uh, and reasonable, uh, you know, reasonable. Uh, platforms and products going forward. And I would just say that, you know, Alameda Research Group and, and Sam in particular, um, because they're so well-respected, trusted, and, you know, just good, actionable dudes, they get a lot of support uh, from the market. Like if somebody, if they throw their hat in a ring with the product project, the likelihood it's going to go up in value is is high in general. And so that's, it's a decent kind of you follow what they're interested in and what they're working on and what they're developing. And it's a pretty good bet that it's going to grow in value. That's been the legacy at least. And Alameda itself is pretty interesting because it provides a lot of data and useful information in terms of, you know, what's going on on smart chains. Cause that's stuff is, is tough to, it's tough to crack into what's going on all the time on some of these blockchains. And, well, and, and, and somebody, I mean, somebody just asked any altcoins you're into, and, you know, the answer of like altcoins are just a means to get more Bitcoin. But at the same time, like you mentioned, the Solana, the Sushi sushi Network, whatnot, whatever. Like if you're going to be in altcoins for any amount of time, at least have them be something. And they're all, I mean, they all pump. They're all pumping like over the last month. But at least look for something that's behind or somebody or a group of people who are actually trying to put value to it behind it. Like the Dogecoin pump was just silly 
Twitter stuff. I mean, that, there it's there's no utility. There's no sure. It was literally no backing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's literally a meme. So some of these, like you know, like Sushi and Solana, those are you know, they have some some smarts behind it or have you know the maybe not the utility yet, but the the dream of having some utility at some point or hope of it. I mean, I I guess you can speak to that too. I guess in general, when I'm evaluating an altcoin, um, I want, I'm, I think the long-term winners are the ones that offer um, true decentralization. You know, anything that's kind of built around uh, and, you know, this even goes for just the Alameda research, you know, the, the, you know, the Sam coins, like, if it's built, if it's too tied to a cult of personality or, or like there's somebody in the middle who's really pulling all the strings and doing all of the, uh, you know, kind of architecture, that's tricky. The more decentralized it is, the better it's going to uh, withstand sort of the the highs and lows of, of this space in general. I mean, the reason Bitcoin is so good is because it's it was just a perfect decentralized, uh, you know, system and experiment off the top. And Ethereum is suffering from some of the issues of not being completely divorced from Vitalik, who's sort of the, you know, the, the mind engine that's the center of the Ethereum ecosystem. And, um, you know, so, so I guess in evaluating shit coins, I avoid governance tokens. Like that's a, that is a real hard, le- you learn that lesson the hard way, uh, once where you get stuck holding a bag of governance tokens and you're like, what the, I'm not even using this. Why do I care if I have a say or a stake in, you know, like how, you know, how, what the rules are like, that's, yeah, that, you're, that's you're on the board. Useless. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, Oh, like, great. I'm on, like, I'm on the board of something that I don't understand and I will never use like, cool. Get, getting like, invited to a shareholders meeting for a shit coin. That's yeah, not what, I'm, yeah, that's not what you're after. That's no, not utility. No, no, no. And you know, so there's, there's a lot of classes of, um, of shit coins. And again, anything, anytime, you would get involved in any of these. Um, you can tell pretty quickly just by trying to use it yourself for a relatively modest stake. You can try using it yourself and figure out what do I got here? Is this useful? Right? Like I can guarantee Dogecoin is a, was, that you brought up was a great example. Like that's a meme coin. You can't use it for anything. Like if you go try to actually use it, you're not going to, you're going to find out real quick. Like, Oh, this is, this Skyler says you can get tickets to the Mavs. Okay. Okay. Well, be, go do it and and sure. and use it. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. go yo go do it and and you'll see how easy that is. Um, the the uh, uh, I I would still say and kind of keep in force first and foremost anything besides Bitcoin you're investing in in this space has equal likelihood of being a scam or the next big thing. And keep that in mind. The risk reward long, is massive. Long, long it's massive. Tales. And yes, and and in investing in any of this, really, my goal has always sort of been I'm trying to accumulate more Bitcoin by doing this. Like you only really want to get involved if the great rate of growth and adoption and usage is expected to outpace Bitcoin over that same period of time you're expecting to hold these shit coins. So and honestly, you know, there's products like uh, index coins, to- index tokens on you know on um ftx for instance you can get index tokens in just DeFi perpetual index token or a exchange in you know exchange perpetual index token which gives you exposure to all of these so that you don't have to actually pick the winners you don't have to know oh well my friend said this is good because it's 5x on him well great like that doesn't do you any good once it's already 5x that's super good 
yeah that that's great but you know and and but if you have like uh if you buy you know d5 perp or exchange perp on ftx then you cover all of that uh there's an alt there's mid cap altcoin perp there's a shitcoin alt uh, you know perp there there's a samcoin perp like you can literally cover a huge swath with one uh with one buy and then you're not left holding the bag when you know if there's a top event because a lot of times uh if there's sort of a hot new thing that you hear about and you go buy a bunch of it the chances that you when you want to get out that you can actually get out for what the price is and not you know be the you know not have liquidity issues on the, on your intention of leaving um is a real problem so uh I, that's one of the reasons i at least like i like the index ideas better in general and the, you know, well, and, and indexes in general have always felt better for me especially oh, like yeah. in just in, in classic investing like um you know index funds low cost index funds it's you know the joke and it's almost a meme on like twitter stocks only go up well I mean, indexes only go up over a long period of time. And if the index goes to like, you know, to a point, a low that you're actually worried about the money that you had in there and it really hurt, like the world is fucked. <laughs> and, and, you know, th that money is the least like finding some way to procure food for your family in the long nuclear winter is your main yeah. concern at that point. So like in indexes, I've always been a fan of uh, real quick. Uh, what do you think of Cardano? a little spooked by it um kind of suffers from sort of the centralization problem um they've been around for a really long time i remember people talking about cardano in like 2017 2018 as like this future that was going to solve a bunch of problems it was going to be the smart contract solution that you know that that outpaced and, and took over ethereum that was kind of the promise but they didn't have a product it was all vaporware to the degree at that point in time and they still don't really have a product yet um now if they do eventually roll something out and it turns out to be amazing and it takes you know five ten percent even of the ethereum ecosystems overall you know market cap then it's going to blow up in price relative to what it is now but uh it has a centralization problem uh it has a cult of personality uh it has it, but it also has some positives, like some very fucking hardcore, dedicated, super, yes. super serious zealots. It's got a zealotry factor. And honestly, like what's going to be something personality that's not going to... Cult personality a good term to use there. Right. But but just the the, 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 the supporters, the believers, they're zealots. Like they're, you know, those are the people that are going to go down Great with the ship if it, all goes, if it all goes to hell. And so that... That, that means there's liquidity. <laughs> yeah, that means if you buy some and you want to get the hell out, you can get the hell out, probably. Um, but uh, I, I don't have any exposure to Cardano. No. Unless they're in the DeFi perp, but I don't think they are. Um, not, I'm not 100% sure. And this is a good question from Money Mike again. Yeah. Um, and this is one, this is one um, we tackled in a, a different side chat, the math chat, um, what, about a month ago with our friend Suma. And you yeah. had some really good answers to this, so I was excited to see this. I was actually going to ask this if no one else did. What is the best cold storage wallet? And let's take a time out and say what is a cold storage wallet and how does sure. it work? Okay, so check this out. This is a Trezor One, okay? I think I bought this in 2017. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm a long-term holder. I believe I'm gonna, I'm not ever intending to sell this Bitcoin. I want to, uh, what's that? That's, that's not a, what's that? No, that's just my headphone case. I was just oh, feeling right. <laughs> okay. No, this is <laughs> this is uh, this is what it looks like, and it's as simple as 
you plug uh, you plug the USB into your computer. Um, you get a little pop-up screen here. And without this dongle plugged in, you cannot access the wallet. What a word. Okay? Which means that it's basically like it is attack resistant to a hacker who can just get on your computer. Okay? They need the do dongle must be plugged in. Okay? And then when you open up the wallet, the actual, the, you know, like the screen comes up and you have a series of numbers on the face here. Uh, and then you input your pin on the computer having looking at what the the arrangement of the numbers is on the screen and so it's it's got a nice little layer of security there um and what was funny is uh i bought this again in 2017 put some put some you know long-term storage on here and then put it in the drawer you know and actually you know of course you plug it in <laughs> must insert the dongle access uh you plug you plug it in and it it creates a new wallet for you you get your 24 words you write them down on paper right as opposed to putting them on to in a text file or saving them on your computer or anything like that right um and you you know you write your 24 words and 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 now you know your your wallet is established and this is just the way to access that right yeah, well, you got to those those your cute man, woman, person, camera, TV. Yeah, yeah, and then all of it. Nineteen more. Yeah, all of those twenty four words. So this was actually an interesting experience because then I was, I, you know, it gets to twenty twenty and Bitcoin is ripping a hole in the sky again, and it's like, oh, cool, like uh, I better go make sure that this thing still works. Well, Trezor kind of screwed me a little bit because they had a couple of massive firmware updates in between 2017 when I set it up and 2020 when I tried to use it. And this fucker was bricked. Like there was literally no saving this thing. I could not get it to be recognized when I plugged it in to save my life. And I freaked the fuck out. I was so upset. Could not get on this thing. Couldn't get it to, to recognize. Tried it on like 50 different computers because I was like, maybe I need a computer with like Windows XP. And I was like, this is like, this is a disaster. <laughs> and, and I'm like, there's, I was like, there's no way to get onto this. Okay. And so it got to the point where I was like, okay, um, like I, I just need to, I just need to reestablish, I just need to reestablish this, you know, a, a fresh wallet here because I'm never going to get this to work. So I, I ended up buying a second one and plugged it in. And the first option was, do you want to set up a new wallet or do you want to set this wallet up as, you know, with an existing set of phrases? And I was like, set it up with the existing set of phrases. And so it kind of, it's again, it's crazy. Like the screen pops up and it's like, type in the 10th word. And then you type in the 10th word. And it's like, type in the 18th word. You type in the 18th word, right? And you go through that. And the only way that you know what number order to type it in is if you're looking at the screen on the treasure. And got through it all. You know, it took, took, I don't know, maybe five minutes and then it uploaded it and I was like, okay, here you go. And it, and the existing wallet that I had from 2017 with the Bitcoin on it from the other that I had long-term stored is now was now established on the new hardware wallet. And it was, you know, it was a spooky experience because I was like, this thing, you know, was supposed to be the, the most secure, safe way to do this. And now it's bricked. Um, but it ended up, uh, you know, ended up being a very good experience of just how do you restore a wallet from scratch you know, with the, with the, with the phrase words that you have and seeing how all that works and how hard it was and how resi resilient it was, was like, okay, this is, you know, this is good. Anyway, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> kind of a follow up on that. <clears throat> Would you recommend uh, just 
plugging just based on your experience then would you recommend probably plugging in your cold storage wallet yes. every three months and making sure yeah. or I, I guess i was gonna ask yeah. what time frame yeah like the answer is yes but three, what kind four, of time frame yeah. would you think every three four months plug three, it in make months. sure it's doing the updates end of, yeah end of the quarter end of the quarter just kind of plug it in make sure it's still working appropriately yeah i think that's fair but again you know because having gone through it once and realizing that all you really need is those 24 words, like that's all you need. Like it, it is, it can be rescued. It, you know, if, if, um, uh, if the wallet itself becomes unuseful, right. If somebody stomps a, it, somebody, a food snob frog, friend of the pod, golf aficionado asked, do they do the 19 word sentence in French? No. Cause that would be a colossal waste of letters. <laughs> Um, here's a good, and actually here's a good one. Like Ryan asks, how much do they yeah. cost? Like what's, what's the price range on, yeah, like yeah, 50, I was going to say 50, 50 to a hundred. Yeah. Now, and again, kind of talking about cold storage wallet and why it's, it has an advantage relative to another wallet. Um, any other wallet that is not cold storage can be accessed if by a hacker, basically, uh, if someone, you know, or, you know, someone can get, somebody gets on an unlocked phone. Uh, you know, like if you, if you track down my phone and it happens to be unlocked for whatever reason, you can go into my wallet and without really any security, you can make a Bitcoin transaction, right? Which means you can send those Bitcoins to some other wallet of your choosing. And then that is an un, you, that is an undoable transaction. You can't, Would you, you, can't, say you immutable? don't get a gimme on that. Immutable. That's right. It's an immutable transaction. Very it's immutable. One, it's very immutable, and that's why that's why Bitcoin is so valuable because that's a it's hard money, right? It's a the hardest form of money we've ever created as human beings. Um, but uh, yeah, that but you know if if you want to security, you 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 want, you want to take your security a step further, then uh, using a, a cold storage wallet is the logical next step. I don't love. I mean, I'm obviously kind of annoyed at Treasures of Treasure because they bricked this thing in a time frame that I think a lot of people probably would find similar. In fact, if you bought one in 2017, 2018 and went through the same problem and, and, or, and or figured it out or fixed it, like, tell me how, because I have, you know, I, I would love to, you know, get my old one restored as well. But, um, yeah. No, and that does kind of suck. We haven't had much for NFT questions. Um, mm. I sat and thought about NFTs for a long time. And does it, and I mean, this is going to be my question to you because like legitimately, especially with the technology we have, I can make a perfect copy size, quality, everything of the Mona Lisa for probably under a thousand bucks with a nice frame. doesn't make it valuable. Like it's very beautiful painting, whatever, like the, the scarcity that, you know, that it's the exact same. I think it's the exact same argument. It just like, it's so new because of the digitized versions of this. Like it, it's the same thing, right? Like, you know, you can say, well, I can just have that GIF. I could have, I could screenshot that, but it's, it's the same as like saying, well, I can, you know, I, I can put 30 letters together and numbers and say, that's my Bitcoin wallet. Well, it's no, it's not. Like there's, you can't go prove that. And that's how NFTs work. It's just like owner, you know, when you buy a house, you get the deed to the house. It's put in the public record. This is a lot more secure than something like that. When, you know, when an NFT is created, there's, there's a proof of ownership, whereas it's, it's in the ledger. There's an address that say, this person owns this, this is, you know, this unique address, this unique uh, NFT. And it's the same thing as selling art, you know, physical art. 
Whereas if you sell this to somebody, it's entered in the ledger. You can prove you own this and the scarcity will remain. It doesn't matter if a bunch of people say, well, I can, I can just take a picture of it or I can like you, you can take pictures of sculptures. You can take pictures of any art. It doesn't mean you own it. It doesn't mean anything. It's still the scarcity problem. So, I mean, it's, I think it's just going to take time for people to wrap their heads around, you know, and maybe unless you are really, really into something and you have a really good idea where a market's heading, I wouldn't get crazy with some of these NFT things because some of the prices I think are too high right now because of the peak we're hitting with it. But I, I still do believe it's going to be the future. You're going to have art this in this, you know, in this media, in this form. But uh, you know, don't go buying crazy dunks for like 30 grand. Yeah. Um, and like I think we talked about it on the NFT pod. <clears throat> it's still my it's still my um, my gut level expectate or my, my gut level feel on the NFTs, uh, you know, the, the prices that you're seeing, <clears throat> it's a lot of people with a lot of money that they don't have anything else to spend it on. Right. In the same way that there are choked on ramps and the fact that you only have a couple of options as far as who you can buy Bitcoin from, from your bank right now, there are choked off ramps. If you have a bunch of wealth that you've accumulated because you've been mining ETH for the last four years and you have a giant stack of ETH but and you want to spend it on something, well, now you have something to spend it on. Well, and, and, right? and it's funny. You could say the same thing about, like, think about uh, a Picasso or a Fabergé egg or anything yeah. like that. Who buys that sort of stuff? People with too much money to spend on shit. That stuff yeah. is only worth what it's worth because there's a market for it. It's the same as anything else. So, I mean, it, it probably is going to be a much bigger thing in the future and it's going to become a market because there's going to be people that will buy it. And it doesn't matter how much everyone poo-poos it. It's, it's probably going to happen. Here's a pretty good question from Brandon yeah. Gerber. Um, this is something we've mentioned, and it's something I feel like is starting to kind of not be a thing anymore. Uh, we did talk about this in previous episodes, probably in years past, where, you know, let's say this was a couple years ago. It was like coin. For sure, you were using like Coinbase because that was it. It's almost for yeah. most people. And there were issues when you were taking your money from Coinbase and like depositing into a sports book or vice versa. And yeah. uh um, yeah. We all said, use an intermediate wallet, send your money from an exchange to a wallet and then the wallet to the sports book. And then in reverse order, if you are cashing out, go wall sports book to intermediate to exchange. If you want to take money or sports book to intermediate wallet back to a different sports book, if you're just moving it, do you think that's that big of an issue anymore? Um, I think you can get your Coinbase account uh, bricked. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I don't know how recently that has happened, but basically Coinbase, one of the reasons Coinbase is worth $100 million, $100 billion, um, is because they play by the rules very, very carefully. And they are very diligent about, uh, you know, good interfacing with the, with the regulators, with the existing financial, you know, monoliths. They are aggressive at KYC. They know exactly who you are exactly what you're banking on and they are very diligent about reporting large-scale financial transactions to the regulatory authorities and anyone that is looking to crack down on certain types of um you know you know use cases for bitcoin i.e using it to move money from 
you know, a, a sports book account to, uh, to Coinbase to sell for USD. Um, they're, they're keeping track of it and they have known addresses that are, you know, Hey, this is, uh, you know, you know, offshore book X and somebody puts pressure on them and says, Hey, um, we want you to shut down all the accounts that are doing business with these known wallet addresses. And then the next thing you know, you live in New York, you can't use Coinbase anymore. And now you have no off ramp to sell your, your Bitcoin you're winning offshore. And that, that has happened to people for sure. It happens, has happened to people we know. Um, and that's why I kind of always assume that, you know, just send it to an intermediary, you know, use, use a, uh, an active wallet on your phone or on the, on your computer that you're, uh, uh, you're using as sort of the intermediate hub for all this stuff. Yeah. Um, from Dominic Bednarski. Oh, that's a nice, fun Polish name there. Interested to know your thoughts on if fees will decline going forward. I mean, quick answer. Yes, but it cost me $9 to transfer 30 bucks to Dapper yesterday. Seems like a large barrier of entry. And it, I mean, it's just a case of, I mean, it's monopoly is what it is. If you want to buy or try to get in line to buy a Top Shot pack, you have to use Dapper. Like, there's no other option. That's you, you have to. So they could charge. They could charge 100, and they would still have a large. Like, it could cost you literally a hundred dollars to to deposit a hundred dollars, and people would still get on there because they know they want to get their damn packs of moments and try to sell them for three times what they're worth. So, I mean, it sucks right now, but I do think eventually that will decline. It's not like you can, it's not like most people can take their money out of there anyway. So yeah, just Dapper sucks right now. I know yeah. Dapper, it's it's also something you use on like Op OpenSea and other NFT sites use Dapper and it just, it, they've got the market by the balls and they can charge some high fees right now. So it sucks. Yeah. And in in the end, the end, they are in a unique position. They do have a monopoly. You're absolutely right. Um, but it's centralized and someone will eventually someone will eventually come up with an alternative that's decentralized that doesn't have the same sort of fee structure that is more fluid that is more liquid that doesn't take custody of your bitcoin and convert it to usd when you're trying to you know trying to put money on their platform that doesn't you know have a, a choke you on the way out because you need xyz kyc uh, you know to in order to even withdraw Right. I mean, you know, all, all of that stuff and everything that you're pointing out about Dapper and the fees and all of that to me is a bad sign in terms of their longevity. Uh, now, maybe they are far enough ahead in line that they will eventually they will always be a thing. Right. Like Coinbase is a, will always be a thing because they were first, even if their fees are insane, even if there is an enormous pain in the ass. They have a name. All these I mean, people, everybody, even people who own no crypto whatsoever i've heard of coinbase like it's sure. it's known entity now sure and it, dapper may end up being that way as well um but yeah, uh maybe. i for sure feel like the um the underlying fee issues custody issues kyc issues are all red flags uh and that there will be um there will eventually be an nft space that is frictionless that glides that doesn't have all of these hiccups and hangups and problems. And if Dapper doesn't figure it out, somebody else will, and then they'll be behind the eight ball. I don't, can you read this one? Um, Any thoughts on socios 
dollar sign chz in their expansion of the u.s i don't know what the fuck this means so that's why i said for you should read it um chz half and half. uh i'll look up i'll look them up real quick on uh on what this is I only drink they, this once know, a year because it's the Arnold Palmer Invitational. In general, when somebody brings up a, 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 a side a side chain project, shitcoin project, uh, the best places to research what, what it's all about are coin market cap or coin gecko. Um, and in Ooh, general, I'm question. always, I didn't get I'm always yeah, like super, super, super skeptical of these. Like... You know, the the younger it is, the more skeptical I am. Like, there's, um, you know, that presumably there's a white paper that supports what they're trying to do. Support, support, you know, presumably there's a kind of a, a an elevator pitch as to what it's, uh, you know, what the uh, project is all about. According to Corn Market Cap, Chili's powering Sokios.com aims to give sports and esports fans the ability to crowd manage their favorite teams, games, leagues. And events. Okay, so that to me tells me that Chili's is probably a governance token. Okay, so whatever its whatever its prices is really just um, it's really just a, a skin in the game to be able to participate in this, uh, and that can be fun. That could be entertaining to you if you you know if it's connected to an esports team or an you know an activity that you're going to spend time doing anyway. That might be fun. Um, I'm sure that esports is growing at a clip that this probably is an, you know as an investment tool probably makes sense. But I don't know that I would ever actually be using it for its intended purpose, so I'm probably never going to buy it. Well, field this one. Uh, well, okay. well, I did. I did promise my wife I'd cut this off in a few minutes because I got to go to a fish fry. But we will answer a couple more. And then there were some good questions from people who didn't realize that we were going to try to stick to crypto and NFT. I think we should do another one of these or maybe more of these, which is oh, yeah, random sure. whatever questions. Uh, somebody on Northern Iowa tested positive, so they had to just pull out of the tournament. Uh, Drake will advance in the tournament. Uh, this is our first positive test during during a tournament where a team actually was playing and had to pull out. So. Um, I know we had one earlier where they canceled a first round game before the tournament ever started. So Northern Iowa is done for the season, probably. Yeah, they're not getting in on up at large, so they're done. Um, last, yeah, the here the Joel Fuji one. When will a sportsbook give you both options to bet in Bitcoin or USD for a bet? You know, like you know, only got USD or nitrogen at which is you know nitrogen, which is Bitcoin only. Um, and not only that, like my add on to that is. I'm curious if you have a quick take on this. When will you be able to use Bitcoin to deposit to terrestrial books? Like there's, you know, you can't take Bitcoin and deposit in any of the, the onshore, the legal books. Hmm. And you know what? I'm going to guess. Why, why, do, why do you think offshores were so quick to adopt that? When, and it's beautiful. It's such an easy process. And I believe it's probably easier for them. They're saving on credit card fees. You know, as somebody who's been on the side of like a, a service-based company, I know how credit card fees suck. Dealing with credit card companies sucks. Oh, plus, like, I'm sure, they, yeah, plus, I'm sure plus these people, offshores love yeah. dealing with crypto. Oh, it is a, it is a game changer for them. Uh, beyond just the fact that they're accumulating crypto, it's going... You know, it's 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 blowing up in price. Um, yeah, people people will deposit on a credit card and then you know gamble away that five hundred bucks in one play, and then say, "Oh no, disputed charge, 
Like, oh no, I didn't. I, that was some, somebody stole my. Yeah, card. yeah. It's I a mean, pain like, in the ass yeah, that is such a pain in the ass. On top of the fees, on top of the, uh, you know, the regulatory bullshit. Bitcoin does save them all that, and so I think uh, we're probably a year away from it being used terrestrially to fund yeah. accounts. Um, but I, I think uh, a year. I think a year is actually aggressive. I think we're several years, but I, if uh, I, I'd, I'd, change, I'd love that, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough to say. Um, this is it's growing so fast. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, with all the institutional, all the institutional um, adoption, maybe you're right. That'd be awesome. So, um, yeah, but yeah, um, let's uh, let's do another one of these. Let's. I don't know. It doesn't have to be Friday. Let's let's figure out this. Is, this is just as fun as an episode, if not more fun. Oh yeah, for sure. Because we, we had a question about like a you know providing account or what was it? Uh, you know, account providing. I'm trying to think of how he phrased it. You know, when you, uh... oh man, now I can't find yes. it. I'm going to feel bad. Do you want to do this last? Yeah, hit one more. Um, forgive me if this was addressed in the pod. Dan, you're forgiven. But aside from Top Shot, are you all invested in any NFTs? If so, how did you decide what to invest in? What are your plans with it? I did spend like two hours on OpenSea one night looking. I almost bought some, but I didn't have any Ethereum. Yep. And I didn't feel like, <laughs> taking Bitcoin, exchanging it for Ethereum, moving it into this dapper thing, and then buying this like $80 uh, Elon with glowing eyes picture. I almost did though. So um, I'm going to, I'm going to continue to monitor that. I've taken some screenshots of some, some art I thought was cool. And I'm going to check back in like a month. Let's see. Yeah. And, that's and a great idea. See, like, and see, like, is this stuff appreciating, or is it yeah. is it a scam? Or so I'm I'm interested to in know how some of these markets are going to move. I do not have any NFTs. I don't have any skin in this at all, and I don't know that I ever will. To be honest, I don't think of it as investments. To be honest, it's speculative. It's a bubble. It's bubbly. Um, I there some stuff will be awesome. Like I don't know. You you've probably never heard of everyone in the nft space but there's a guy beeple who's just out of, this, out of this world good digital artist and no, i mean there's nothing, some really like, good digital artists yeah if you told me like hey you can get a fractional piece of this art and you know will it be worth something someday yes absolutely that guy is a freaking genius like that you know but but most of it you know the waifu stuff the um you know the all the stuff that kind of reeks of the crypto kitties uh you know nonsense yeah. i i'd I have a very tough time like seeing the, that the fractional thing. It's like nonsense. finally fractional makes sense because like, let's say I'll go back to the Mona Lisa. Let's say 30 of us pooled our money together and we bought a really fancy piece of art. Well, we can't all display it in our house. It just doesn't work. It's like the episode where um, Bart Millhouse and who's the third one, three of them, they, they bought uh, radioactive man number one and then they fought over it. They tore their friendship apart. I don't know if yeah. you remember that. That can so happen. Nelson, not Nelson. Um, Martin, I think maybe it was the third one. No, maybe see, it was just now, two. But anyway, Loaf, yeah, it's right. similar to that. Yeah, you may be right, Loaf here, but this to me this does not smell of of potentially a dump because anyone that has wealth in China yeah, that dump, is trying it's a move. to. It's per, they're protecting themselves from the government seizing that wealth. That's what it is because it's yeah. it's a it's a it, the, the uh, there's just not an attack surface. You can't. Uh, uh, can't necessarily be, um, you know, have that wealth seized if you're, you know, the Alibaba guy or whatever, and the government's coming and coming for your ass. Uh, I would be a, I would be a holder as well if I was Chinese. Um, all right. 
Let's cut it loose because I got a I got a fish fry. All I'm right, man. Shit out of, look at this barrel. Ooh. I've never tried this kind. It nice. looks good though. Nice. All right, we'll do another Q and A next Friday. I got I got time. Yeah, right I, this was fun. Let's do another one right around the same time. Maybe we'll tr we'll shoot for like an hour on that one. I won't have a fish fry scheduled. Dildo Gaggins chiming in. All right. Babooey. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going like to put it. that one on the screen. Um, yeah. Oh, and dude, stay diversified. Don't don't get too nuts. Never in crypto, in life, and anything, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Um, oh, yeah. For sure. For and, sure. Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. Yep. Thanks for the great questions. I'm going to write it. down some of these questions that were non-crypto, and maybe we'll just hit them right off the bat Ooh, next time. The, great call. I love that. Have a great do, 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 do. Going to a fish fry. That was fun. Because I, I, do, I, do, uh, I do love that. Love talking about it. There was good questions. Yeah. I thought, no way. I, we had a nice green candle today. Nice nice green candle. Nice day, green daily today for Bitcoin. And this will go up as a podcast. If you want to re-listen to it, give it a thumbs up on your 